Hi, this is Teacher Tales, T-A-I-L-S. I'm Paul Carr, Podcast 61, Korean Story. The Watcher Finally Tells Her Story. Many lifetimes ago, just before I was married, I lived on the southernmost Korean island. This was so long ago that the name has changed. When I taught there, the accepted spelling was J-E-J-U. Do, Do means island. These days, it is written as C-H-E-J-U, Do. Perhaps you heard of the horrible ferry sinking a few years ago in Korea with hundreds of students dying. Those poor kids' travel destination was that island where I lived. Anyway, back in the day, I was one of 12 foreigners living among half a million Koreans. Eight foreigners were Irish nuns hidden away on an even more isolated part of the island, which I never saw. The others were teachers like me. One was a retired CIA hack who couldn't survive back in USA. One was a Scotsman with a stutter. And one was a female from Virginia. People watched me all the time. I can recall a public bus stopping and one whole side of the bus had their faces pressed to the glass, staring at me. During the day, I taught tourism English. When my classes were done, I rode my 125cc motorcycle through the hills and valleys. The center of the island was not developed at all back then. Volcanic cones littered the island, like ice cream cones pointing upward. Mustard seed fields shone with nearly blinding yellow brilliance. Midget deer, called noru, whose ancestors had survived centuries of hunting, tiptoed in the forest. Pheasants bobbed through the heavy underbrush and the high-walled homes in compounds clustered in small villages. Cupider biology had smitten me with a Korean teacher, and we rented a tiny one-room house in a compound. Life for us was less than ideal. Holding hands and showing affection publicly were frowned on, particularly when the Weigook, me, was doing it. But that didn't stop us. We were spit upon, kicked from behind, and derogatory words flew our ways like the winds that the island was so famous for. In our high-walled compound, however, we had some privacy and some protection from the eyes in the harsh Korean world but our elderly female landlord stared at me often. She'd be on bent knees, tending plants or preparing various kimchis, and her eyes peered through me, watching, watching, watching. I presumed uh, more xenophobic prejudice here. What could this old woman know? Harsh people isolated here on the last island in Korea, probably never been out of her village, a country bumpkin who has known nothing other than seclusion. Wrong. However, over time, our landlord warmed to my girlfriend, wife-to-be, and she told her the most horrible story. Jeju is famous for three things. No gates, wind, and henyo, uh, diving women. Jeju has a disproportionate number of women due to the male deaths from lost fishing vessels. To survive, the women took up diving in female groups with rules 
territories and typical toughness. Just off the beaches, they could be heard whistling in cold, deep waters as they gathered oceanic sustenance and placed their catches in baskets. Studies have even been done on them, and their average body temperature is lower than that of the normal Korean. It turned out that our elderly landlady had been a henya, and Korea suffered wretchedly under the Japanese occupation of 1910 through 1945. Conscripted labor was the law of the land. The Korean language was banished, and brutal repression thrived. Also, forced prostitution. Our landlady is a teenage girl and her henya team had been kidnapped by the Imperial Japanese Army, forced to die for them and accommodate their male needs in far-off Shanghai, China. After a few years, she and her fellow kidnapped henya began to die in China, one from a shark attack, some from disease, most from abuse, certainly from not being fed right. Eventually, the war in China did not go well. One morning, she awoke to find that she and her few fellow survivors had been completely abandoned by the retreating Japanese army. She had one desire, get home and let the families know exactly what had happened to the other girls. So she traveled alone through war-torn China, up through Angolia, down the length of Japanese-held North Korea, through the harsh Diamond Mountains, and finally all the way back to the southernmost spot in all of Korea, Jeju Island. And there she planted her plants and stared at me, that male foreigner renting a room in her compound. She wondered, would he be nice to his lovely Korean wife who reminded her of herself? And that is why she watched him. Yes, she had been off the 